You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Daniel Jones is about to get paid, or so it seems. Derek Carr has already been paid, and he's about to get paid again. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him. At Amber W Sports, that is how you find me. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Robert Sala, he is the head coach of the New York Jets. He was asked about Derek Carr. Take a listen to Sala. Derek, he's got an elite mental makeup uh, with regards to football IQ. He's got tremendous accuracy and arm strength. He can put the ball anywhere you want. I've said it before. I think he's more in line with what Stafford's career has been in terms of if you can just get him into a, a place that can surround him with all the pieces to allow him to just play quarterback, it'd be pretty cool. Quarterbacks are gold. If you have three guys that you have full faith in, then yeah, absolutely, you, you hold them. But you don't you don't want to hold three quarterbacks just to hold three quarterbacks. And if we're presented with that same opportunity again, obviously, you'd love to keep it that way. So those were some interesting comments from Robert Sala. He sounded like a coach, Joe, who's fawning over Derek Carr. I'm not sure that portion of it is that surprising, but the comparison to Matthew Stafford I found very interesting because what Sala is saying then is that, yes, maybe he's not Patrick Mahomes, but you get the right pieces around him and he can win you a Super Bowl. Are those pieces available in New York if you plug Derek Carr into that team? You almost had it. You almost had it. There's one more layer we need to go that's really the interesting part of his conversation. Okay. It's not the comparison of Stafford to Carr. It's Salah comparing the Jets to the Rams, who went mm. and won the Super Bowl. Like, imagine in that conversation how smart you think you are. And I love Robert Salah, and I'm just giving him a hard time. I covered him in the Bay Area. He's a great dude. But imagine that as you're sitting there and you're laying it out like, oh, why can't Derek Carr come here? And it's a situation like Stafford going to the Rams because they're the Rams and you're the Jets. Mm-hmm. Now that we've established that part, perhaps Garrett Wilson had a hell of a year as a rookie wide receiver with a very shaky quarterback situation. But we just saw Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, one of the best in the business, and it wasn't really a great year for Carr. I don't know necessarily what happened with the Raiders. There are rumors that it was the playbook and the manner in which McDaniels coaches the offense. That was the problem. And I think those rumors were maybe somewhat solidified. I don't know if I want to say solidified, but after... Uh, who the hell was the backup from Auburn who stepped in? Jared Stidham. After Stidham stepped in against the Niners and played well, McDaniels went out of his way to make a point that, see, it's not like the playbook's that hard. Jared Stidham was able to pick mm-hmm. it up. He was able to make plays, kind of putting Carr under the bus, letting him know that like, if Stidham could do it and Carr couldn't, it's not right. me, it's Carr. So I don't know. I-, I wonder. I have seen flashes of brilliance from Derek Carr. He has shown at times that he looks like he can be the franchise guy that gets you to the next level. And with the Jets, I think he's an upgrade over what they have. But in terms of going the distance, 
I don't know if he's that guy. He's been around a long time, and it's, you know, two playoff appearances, one of which he was hurt right before they got there, one of which was a loss to Cincinnati. There's no shame in that, but that's it. Mostly an organizational failure by the Raiders, but it's not like he was putting them on his back and carrying them there. He wasn't, but of course you do need some help uh, in with the size of those rosters in that sport to be able to get to a postseason and have success in a postseason, something that Derek Carr didn't get an opportunity to do very often in his career. I think what you're alluding to there is his coachability because that is in question, or at least Josh McDaniels made that in question this past year with Derek Carr. I'm not sure if we heard those rumblings before this past year. You might know better than I do. I didn't hear those things about Derek Carr in the past, this idea that he couldn't learn a playbook. And then all of a sudden that became under a microscope this past season. If he's not coachable, then that seems like a problem for any team. But it also calls into question, is Robert Sala Sean McVay in this scenario, in this comparison <laughs> right? to the See, Rams? there you go. Like, when we're talking about coaches and we're talking about coachability, I have no idea if Robert Sala is half the coach that Sean McVay is. And so I don't have any confidence that the Jets are suited to win a Super Bowl this season if you plug Derek Carr into that organization. I do think the Jets have drafted very well. I do think the Jets obviously have the best, you know, the, the in terms of rookies, the best offensive rookie of the year, the best defensive rookie of the year. It's a very young, fun team, particularly defensively. That Jets team is good. But that Rams team was in a position where they just needed that final piece to plug and play. And oh, I my God, they had talent everywhere. See, right. And I don't see this Jets team as that sort of developed. Like, I, I'm not saying that this Jets team can't get there in the next few years. But if we're talking bringing him in and expecting that to happen like it did immediately for the Rams in that comparison, I'm not sure that that... I'm not sure it can ever happen because I don't know, frankly, I don't know if Robert Sala is good enough to ever make it happen. We'll see. But I'm not sure that they're in a position in terms of the budding talent for that to happen that quickly. I mean, defensively, they're they're close. They lost a game last year giving up 10 points. Like, you should never lose a game in the NFL giving up 10 points. That was to the Patriots. And then they lost two games back-to-back giving up 20. They gave up 20 to the Bills and lost. They gave up 20 to the Lions and lost. Then they gave up 19 to Jacksonville and lost. Then they gave up 23 to Seattle and lost. Then they gave up 11 to Miami and lost. They were close. Really close. Defensively, they can handle the job. The difference between Salah and McVay is McVay is a good head coach who also knows how to design an offense, coach an offense, and call an offense. Salah is from the defensive side of the football. He had Mike LaFleur as his offensive coordinator. They let him go after the season, and he brought in Nathaniel Hackett, who was the head coach in Denver, for less than one year it went that bad. Some guys aren't cut out to be head coaches so maybe Hackett shows up in New York and he's able to work wonders with the offensive staff it can't be a whole lot worse than last year but it's a very different situation Derek Carr has been through so many head coaches and so many play callers in his career Mm -hmm. I'd have to imagine part of his criteria rather than everyone thinking money and championships he probably just wants some stability He's not even a guy who even spending his whole career with one team was in one city. The damn team moves cities. Like there's nothing consistent about the Raiders since the Rich Gannon era from 20 plus years ago. So I would have to imagine near the top of the list for Derek Carr, he's going to just want some organizational stability.
And when you think stability, you think the New York Jets. <laughs> <That is, laughs> tune into college mean. basketball action tomorrow. Said said no man ever. Uh, you tune into college basketball action tomorrow on ESPN Radio. First, Texas A and M hosts Alabama. Coverage of that game begins at eleven thirty a.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Then tune in to hear Syracuse host Wake Forest. Coverage of that game. Begins at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. Should the Giants really give Daniel Jones a long-term deal? We'll argue about that. Jury duties coming your way. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg. And ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Joe and I are about to argue. We're going to battle it out like we do here on Joe and Amber, putting our law degrees to good use. But first, we're going to make nice, and Joe's going to try to earn you a little more cash. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, UFC 285 right here in Las Vegas, Saturday night, ESPN Plus pay-per-view. We're company people. I mean, we're going to plug it. That's how we do things. Even unprompted, we're going to plug it. So the first fight on the main card features Bo Nickel, Penn State grad, three-time Division I wrestling champion, making his UFC debut. Now, let's think about this. A very highly touted prospect making his debut on the main card of 285, headlined by John Jones in Las Vegas. And he's a minus 1,800 favorite. It's clear the UFC wants him to win. He has big money potential in the future, so this is to build him up. But you can't lay the 1,800. So let's play method of victory. Bo Nickel over Jamie Pickett by submission. It's minus 165. So if Bo Nickel loses, we obviously are done. If Bo Nickel goes to the cards or wins by knockout, we're done. But if he wins by submission, as he did in each of his last two fights, and I believe the Contender Series, we're going to cash our ticket. Pizza money number three. Bo Nickel by submission over Jamie Pickett at UFC 225, ESPN Plus pay-per-view, minus 165. All right. 
time to state your case. Welcome to Jury Duty. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber. This is Jury Duty. The big story right now out of the world of the NFL is that it appears that the Giants and Daniel Jones are nearing a contract, maybe something in the ballpark of like a 40 milli that has inspired today's Jury Duty. What's up, James Steele? Yeah, so our jury duty today, the question is, should the Giants give Daniel Jones a long-term contract? And uh, up first, the floor is yours, Amber. They should give Daniel Jones a long-term contract. First of all, Daniel Jones had an excellent first year under Brian Dayball. Helping Dayball win Coach of the Year, Jones showed that he's proficient in running Dayball's system, finishing with a career-high 67% completion rate, a career-high 92.5 passer rating, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 708 rushing yards, 7 rushing scores alone last season. Daniel Jones showed us a whole new side of Daniel Jones under Brian Dayball. And I think Brian Dayball is the key there. But when you have a quarterback in hand that you know is efficient at running your system, then you don't let him walk out of the building. The unfortunate thing for the New York Giants is where the quarterback market has gone. It's just the reality of what quarterbacks cost that are halfway decent at this point. And Kyler Murray signed a deal worth $46.1 million annually last offseason. Daniel Jones is going to sign a deal that's worth something like $40 million annually. And if I compare it to Kyler Murray's deal, then it doesn't sound so bad. Yes, if I say Patrick Mahomes makes $45 million a year, it sounds ludicrous. But that's a much older deal. When you have a guy in the building you know can have success in your offense, you know can win in a postseason. Yes, he's not winning a Super Bowl, but at least you feel like he's proficient enough to run that offense. And one you believe is going to continue to get better because he had such a rough start in the NFL There was so much adversity that he faced on that Giants team. Dayball brought a new, fresh air to that organization. You have every reason to think that he'll continue to develop here in year two. I'm not saying that he's ever going to be a top-tier quarterback. I'm saying that he doesn't necessarily have to be. He can be a system quarterback in Dayball's system. He's proven that. You pay him. And then secondarily, when you pay him, the best part of this is you get to also keep that Saquon Barkley guy in your building, too, because you can franchise tag Saquon Barkley. So working out a long-term deal with Daniel Jones provides you the salary cap structure. It provides you the ability to structure his contract in the long term in a way that's cap friendly to your organization. And it also provides you the ability to use that tag on Saquon Barkley, a position that I think is much more suited for the franchise tag. Running backs in today's NFL, frankly, are kind of a dime a dozen. You need a t- frankly, you need one of these higher paid quarterbacks to win a championship. Like that's the trend that we've seen in the NFL over the last particularly five years. You don't need necessarily a highest paid top tier running back in order to win. You can plug and play those guys in. Saquon Barkley still has a lot left in the tank. He's a phenomenal back. He still showed a lot that he's great in Dayball's system as well this past season. I'm not saying you get rid of Saquon. I'm saying that you tag Saquon Barkley. I would like to. I would like to make it noted that I waited for the sound effects this time. Yeah, so no, I'm very important. proud of you. It's important. Sucking up to the judge. I am evolving as a barrister. I don't need nearly as much word salad as Amber just threw at you with whatever that I mean, argument we've got was a long that segment went on here. We've got a long forever. segment. We've still got five minutes until the hard out. I, mean, I can go ahead well and keep this tight. She's <laughs> telling you like a lot of people are telling you, 
What a step forward Daniel Jones took under Brian Dable. Can you believe it? He threw 15 touchdown passes in 16 games in the modern NFL. This isn't Newt Rockney's Notre Dame fighting Irish of the 1920s. This is a guy who in 16 starts in a career year threw 15 touchdown passes. He also took 44 sacks and he had a quarterback rating less than, hold on now, I want to make sure I get this right, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton, and Jared Goff, not to mention others. So you want to give him $40 million. Why? Why do you want to give him $40 million? You don't need to give him $40 million. You have the fourth most salary cap space of any team in the NFL at $43 million. Why would you give all of that to a guy who kind of took a step forward but still really isn't that great maybe make a play for a guy like Carr or don't draft somebody figure it out some other way but this is too much money for a guy that is going to step under center for now presumably at least the next three plus years and is going to be expected to produce at a very high level you make a great point about the other guys making big money it's not that crazy anymore considering what these guys are getting but if Patrick Mahomes is getting 45 million and Daniel Jones is getting 40 are you going to give him anywhere near Patrick Mahomes' production? No. No, you're not. So I would say pass on this. I don't have a great plan B, but I do know that if your plan A is to sign him at $40 million a year and commit to him over at least the next three-plus years, I don't see you challenging that deep into the postseason on a regular basis. Yeah, this is a pretty easy one. Uh, the, the argument that uh, spun the jury in his favor was uh, all the talk about how much improvement Daniel Jones made, and he still only threw 15 touchdown passes. Yeah. So the court rules in favor of Joe and not paying Daniel Jones. I Thank think you very well much. I, I, I think really well done. Okay, Thank you very much. Just like with the Murdoch trial, you guys got it right. You should feel good about that. Uh, uh, okay, uh, well, okay, well, that, that's that's true. Uh, but uh, Thank you. Thank you for agreeing. Now we can move no, no, on to any topic you would like Murdoch to discuss. the Murdoch trial, that seemed accurate. However, uh, I do think that the jury pool was tampered with because Joe took to personal insults before making his argument. How so? It seemed like it, what, you, the word salad. That was 100% a word, word salad. salad. Anybody listening knows now that that was a word have, salad. Well, now we still have two and a half minutes before the hard out because you didn't word salad enough. So I think that in and of itself <laughs> should allow me to win. You can counter. You can go ahead and counter my points. I mean, it's, it's listen, the biggest hole in my argument is that I don't have a great plan B. If you move on from him, what are you going to do? You just made the playoffs. You took a big step forward as an organization. But if you're going to say no to Daniel Jones and you're not going to be in on Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody like that, you're not sitting high enough in a draft to get you one of those three guys in C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, or Will Levis, assuming there's not some precipitous fall. If there is... Boom, you'd be in luck, but you can't bank on that sort of thing. Maybe Mm. Anthony Richardson's there in the 20s, but that's a developmental project. You can't start him right away. So people look at the Giants and realize they made the playoffs. They're a team that next year should be even better. If you don't have Daniel Jones, who's the plan B? That's the flaw with my argument. From an organizational standpoint, you got to have a backup plan, and I don't have it. The worst, it almost, it's almost like the worst thing that happened to them was that they were actually good in year one. Yes. Brian Table. Potentially, yes. potentially, but maybe not. Maybe not, because maybe Daniel Jones actually is that dude, right? I mean, they did just spend five years developing Daniel Jones. Like, you're absolutely right. If you're moving on 
Anthony Richardson's one thing. If you're moving on to, frankly, any rookie quarterback, you're taking the risk of starting the clock back over and spending so many years developing that guy. Daniel Jones has already been with this organization for those five years. And then finally, in his fifth year, you saw that spark out of him. I just think if you have the guy in your building, you rock with what is working. And yes, it was 15 touchdowns, but it was only five interceptions and all those other numbers that I threw out at you. And what leads you to believe that he can't improve on that next season when he gets even more comfortable in Dave. Oh, good. At $40 million, he's going to throw 19 touchdown passes. How glorious. Well, listen, it's better than taking a big step back under somebody new, right? Bring in Joe Flacco. That's the answer to everything. No, that is never the answer to anything. And yet somebody (laughs) is going to do it. Bird in the hand, Joe. It's worth two in the bush or so they say. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. Or I need to probably filibuster more because, again, not enough word salad from Joe Fortenbach. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, what's the best rivalry in sports right now? We're going to talk about it. And here's the hard outs. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Dylan Brooks, he has said some things about these Golden State Warriors. He starts off by making it very clear here, Joe. There is no reading between the lines here when it comes to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks says, quote unquote, I don't like Draymond at all in reference to Draymond Green. He then goes on to say, I just don't like Golden State. You know what, Dylan? Uh, I feel you. Uh, Then he goes on to say, I don't like anything to do with them. Draymond talks a lot, gets away with it a lot, too. His game is cool with Golden State, but if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. Those are some fighting words from a Memphis Grizzly to a Golden State Warrior. That is one of the budding rivalries in the NBA. And and maybe it's already a full-fledged rivalry. I feel like it's still a little bit of a budding rivalry there. But either way, it's a fun one. One, Joe, and one of the only ones I think, frankly, that exists in the NBA because there's really a significant lack of rivalry these days. So I'm going to put on for the dubs here for a little bit. I was in the Bay Area during the Dynasty run. It's where I cut my teeth on radio. I got there the year that they won their first title. Some argue that the title was directly linked to my arrival. I've never that. made that case, but some have. Some have tried to make the case my arrival Nobody's led to the dynasties. You, you, you would not know. You can't possibly have listened to every single radio show that's ever occurred. So you have to admit that you could have missed it. it. Now, mm, that being said, it. Draymond Green is an extraordinary basketball player. But there's the basketball player and then there's the person. And he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. He can be a jerk. 
He can be a jerk to his own teammates, as you saw him punch Jordan Poole in that video this offseason during a practice session. It's not the first time he's and had... fighting with KD back then, right? Fighting Draymond with KD. might be the reason that KD left. That infuriated so many people. And apparently, we saw what happened on the court, but what was said in the locker room afterwards was supposed to be even worse. I believe that was an early season game against the Clippers, if my memory serves me correctly. So... At every turn, he has played a very significant role in their success. But he's also had some very interesting moments that have cost them. Getting thrown out of the game, or I should say picking up that technical against LeBron James in the 73-win season that got him suspended for Game 5, which the Warriors were up 3-1, so they lose that game at home. Then they go to Game 6 in Cleveland and lose. Then they get burned in Game 7. If he doesn't get suspended, they probably close it out in 5. That's what people feel, so maybe he cost him a title. But his basketball IQ is through the roof. So for Dylan Brooks to say if he's anywhere else, he's not going to have success, he's going to have success. He's probably not going to have dynasty success. Nobody has dynasty success against, except for one team every now and again. That's just how it is. It's hard to build a dynasty. But Brooks, it's funny that he would be up on green because Brooks is as annoying, if not more. Like, does anyone like Dylan Brooks? Like, that guy's just as big of a problem without the track record of success or resume that Draymond Green's had. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I'm here for all of the trash talk. I will take all of it. I don't yeah. like the Golden State Warriors because to me, they're just one of those dynasties that got old, right? Like the moment you become a dynasty to me, I'm probably over you. And I'm probably annoyed by your existence. And I got very annoyed by the Warriors during their incredibly dominant years. And heck, last year as well. I mean, I was just, I, I, I'm just over, I'm like done with the Warriors story. And I'm done with that core there of those older players. They've done a phenomenal job. I have no real reason to dislike any of them. Draymond's obviously an easy player to dislike generally. I find him amusing because I do like the trash talk. I like all the drama and Draymond Green brings drama, but you're right. It's undeniable how well he plays basketball. And I don't really agree with Dylan Brooks that he wouldn't be Draymond in any other team, frankly. I don't think he's that kind of player. I, I definitely think he would be able to contribute to many other teams if he had found himself in a different uniform than the Golden State Warriors. It got me thinking, though, from these fighting words from Dylan Brooks, and it's obvious that there is a rivalry there between Memphis and Golden State. What is the best rivalry in sports? Because it's not just the NBA, I feel in professional sports. It's not just the NBA I feel like we have a lack of rivalry in, but I feel like a lot of those marquee rivalries that we used to think of they just don't exist the same way that they once did. There are there are no rivalries in the NBA. There are none. This is There's what happens none, with the player right? empowerment movement. Like it's and nothing against the players. If you want to move around quite a bit, find your best situation, try new cities because you can get away with it. Go for it. Enjoy it. Live your life. But there's no rivalries. I mean, like, Memphis what am I supposed and, to get Golden behind? State isn't isn't one to you. It's, it's as close as we can get. Those, those two teams have tried. They've kept their cores in place. They've had some playoff battles. They have exchanges of words quite a right. bit. They're trying. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of rivalries, is Warriors-Grizzlies like yeah, I mean, that it's, great? It's not like some. It's like Memphis-Golden State. It's a, it's right. a historic rivalry of, you know, it's a, just a notch below Celtics-Lakers. Right. Like, we haven't had a great Knicks team in a while. The Knicks are rivals with, like, everybody. So if the Knicks oh, yeah. could figure out how to really make a run in the playoffs – 
we could have something. I mean, who's a rival for the Bucks? Giannis is so damn likable, you can't dislike the guy. You Part of the Milwaukee. rivalry thing is you have to hate one of the teams, and you can't hate Giannis. It's, like, impossible. And, right. I mean, we, we talk about the era of, like, Celtics and Magic, or excuse me, Celtics and Lakers, but you had Magic versus Bird. You had key players staying on the team. Like, Durant's the type of guy that should have rivalries, but he just keeps moving teams. So many <laughs> different guys keep starting new things in new cities, so the NBA is kind of like rivalry proof. The way they're built now, you can't establish anything because the second you get excited about two teams going at it in the playoffs, the next year half of them are on different teams. I mean, even LeBron. I mean, we've seen it from the greatest players in the NBA, even the movement from LeBron. Like, everybody hated the Heat when LeBron was on the Heat, right? I mean, hated that Heat team, but then he moved on and then everyone yeah, loved Yeah, you're in Miami. You'd love to Cleveland. believe we all hated you. Oh, it wasn't really that much. It Just was stop. us against the world, okay? Oh, in the, in the words of Tupac Shakur, me against the world. That's what it was. And, good quote, though. That's NBA, a good quote. NBA-wise, though, it's almost it's almost just individual rivalries, right? Like, we had LeBron and Steph a few years ago. I guess it was LeBron against kind of, the Warriors, but the prob- right? Here's the problem with the individual rivalries. They're all friends, these guys. They're all, like, chummy chum, right. you know, which I don't have a problem with, but I know a lot of old heads would tell you that that's an annoying thing about today's NBA. I, they're all hanging out. I mean, LeBron on his banana boat with, you know, it's right. like they're all best friends off the court, and it kind of disrupts the rivalries that should exist amongst the best players in the NBA. College sports have such great rivalries because those kids hate each other. They hate each other because they know when they get to Alabama, they have to hate Auburn. And LSU has to hate Alabama. And Michigan has to hate Ohio State. It doesn't matter if you don't know who those guys are. It doesn't matter if you had played with them in some sort of all-star game or something. You are going to hate one another. Even Stanford Cal, the high intellect bowl, eh, they kind of dislike each other too. Like college sports does rivalries better than anybody. But you just don't get them anywhere. Generally, you need a marquee player. Like the Brady Manning thing in the AFC was fantastic. Fantastic. And now Patrick Mahomes is dueling with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow yeah. Josh Allen's kind of in there a little bit, but we really don't have them the way we used to. Like, remember the Niners and the Seahawks? Mm-hmm. That rivalry was great for like eight years. Pittsburgh, Baltimore has been great for a while, but it just has lost a little bit of luster because you don't have the star power you used to have. Like that yeah, game they that played at the end fun. of the season was great, but Lamar wasn't in it. It was Tyrod Taylor. Or yeah. <laughs> no, not Tyrod Taylor. I always say that. Uh, Tyler Huntley. Huntley. Yeah, Pro Huntley, excuse Pro me, apologies. Bowler, Tyler Huntley. Uh, you better some there you respect go. on his name, Joe. It's on me. Let us know what the best rivalry is in sports right now. I would say, I mean, that Bengals-KC rivalry in the NFL, it's something, right? I mean, I mean, that's really, like, that's the big one in People the are NFL excited about right it. now. And it's going the right direction. I feel like it's still a little early, but it's got some juice to it. There was a lot of smack talking in this most recent matchup between those teams. Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What is the best rivalry in professional sports? We are opening up the phone lines to you. Also, we just did jury duty a little bit earlier. We argued to the death, which is strange because we're both still sitting here. The jury pool was tampered. They ruled in favor of Joe Fortenbaugh. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens again next week when we go back to jury duty. But I have to tell you, jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. It is not Cordell and Cordell's fault that Joe won because he tampered with the jury pool. Cordell and Cordell is going to hire me after they hear enough of these segments because I'm so good at this. You would have I'm going to get a call actually, and it's going to be like, look, leave that radio show, join yes, our firm. Join our firm. And then you're going to be like, I failed the bar exam. And they're going to be yeah. like, and they're going to hang up. I'll and be like, I we went and took radio. the bar, but I played an awful lot of online poker and then just kind of lost track of the time.
Yeah, I don't know how attractive that is to a firm. Like, I feel like Cordell and Cordell, they have very, very high standards. Maybe I should apply uh, since oh, I did pass yeah. the bar. You know, they don't want people times. who lose cases on a regular basis. Uh, like, that's hello. what happened tonight. That's, this is not an actual case, okay? I was just <laughs> making the case that it's okay for the Giants to pay Daniel Jones, even if it's going to cost them $40 million a year annually. I'm going to end up winning that case ultimately because the Giants are going to end up doing it, Joe. That's the reality of it. That's you got a good case. I mean, we all know that they're closing in on the deal. So that one's going to be yours. But let's fast forward three years and see if it was the right decision. Just because you said that according to a report, it's going to happen and you agree with it doesn't mean it ends up being the right decision. That's true. We will circle back in a few years. I'll Um, say this. I'm an Eagles fan. I want Daniel Jones quarterbacking the Giants. I'm an Eagles fan. I want Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm an Eagles fan. I want... Daniel Snyder is the owner of the Washington football team commanders. Uh, it doesn't seem like a compliment. That's yes, what, yeah, exactly. It, it, do, do your rivals want you to get that contract? If they do, you're making a mistake. I just don't think $40 million a year for a quarterback, unless he ends up, unless we find out that this one year for this first year under Dayball was a flash in the pan. I don't think $40 million a year in a few years is going to actually sound that crazy. Not nearly no. as crazy as it does right no. now when he's about to seemingly become the ninth quarterback uh, to have that kind of salary. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. What's the best rivalry in sports? Any hot takes you have for us? Should the Giants pay Daniel Jones? What's your hottest take? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Phone lines are open here on Joe and Amber. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are going to get to your phone calls in just moments. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I encourage all of you today, we spent a little portion of the show earlier in this show talking about cancer because it is the anniversary of Jimmy Valvano's famous speech at the ESPYs 30 years ago, and it ended up inspiring the V Foundation, which where 100%, 100% of donations go to cancer research. So if you feel compelled to do so, and we hope that you do, v.org slash donate. That's where you go to donate money. Again, every single cent that you donate goes straight to cancer research, 100% of it. V.org slash donate. Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit of money, and then we'll get to your phone calls. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
UFC 285 Saturday night, ESPN Plus pay-per-view main card starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. This is the co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko, Alexa Grasso. We're going to say it starts in round three. What that means is a bet where we win if the third round starts. We got to make it to the third round. It's minus 175. It's a little pricey, but for good reason. Shevchenko has won nine straight. She's one of the greatest to ever do it, but she did look mortal her last time out against Talia Santos in a fight that resulted in a split decision. Only one of Shevchenko's last six fights has failed to make it to the third round, so it's a relatively common practice. Grasso is 29 years old. She's on a four-fight win streak. She's never been stopped by strikes, so I like this fight. Co-main event, UFC 285, ESPN Plus pay-per-view, main card starts, 10 p.m. Eastern. Valentina Shevchenko, Alexa Grasso, starts round three, minus 175. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Phone lines are locked and loaded. Let's get to it. Spinning the wheel. Landon. Landon is in Montana. Landon, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? I got to say UNC and Duke is the best rivalry in sports, 100%. Um, I live in Montana, and, you know, we don't have a lot of big schools to root for, but uh, last year during the tournament, when you have people up here buying UNC and Duke gear and you're you're going at it watching the game, you almost treat, like, Krzyzewski, like Bill Belichick, like you were saying with the Colts and the Patriots. You, you, you respect them, but you almost hate them. Like, and I'm all the way over here in Montana, but it hits up here just like, Peyton Manning and I mean Brady. It's it's crazy the yes, popularity of it. That's definitely a good nomination. Obviously, we're going to see that rivalry in action tomorrow night. I believe that's a six thirty p.m. tip off between those two. A victory could mean Carolina's spot in the NCAA tournament. So hugely high stakes there for the Tar Heels. Not so much for Duke. Uh, Duke, though, a young budding team. Um, right now, they've been playing well. So it could be a heck of a game tomorrow night. I do wonder if that rivalry's lost something, though, Joe, from the departure and the retirement there of Shashevsky. A little bit, of course, because he was a figurehead. And Roy Williams stepped down a few years before that. So, yes, when you lose the faces of the franchises, it's going to lose a little bit of luster. But it'll build itself back up side note to the caller in montana one of the greatest sports experiences i ever had in my life was montana montana state the brawl of the wild it takes place every november it is a fantastic rivalry college football at its finest i went like i don't know maybe seven eight years ago ten years ago whenever it was one of the best experiences of my life highly recommended let's spin the wheel Bob, Bob is calling us from the great state of South Dakota. Bob, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, great show. Appreciate it. Uh, love what you're doing for cancer research. Thanks, Bob. Uh, I would have to, you bet. The best rivalry, I think I'd have to go back to MLB. Um, and I would go with the uh, Cubs and Cardinals being a lifelong Cubs fan. I know it's a generational rivalry. And, you know, there's something about being able to throw that high hard fastball when the other team rubs you the wrong way watches a home run breaks an unwritten rule just adds that added little bonus to the rivalry yeah joe major league baseball still has some of those generational rivalries 
Yeah, really, you throw Red Sox, Yanks together, uh, Giants and Dodgers. It yeah. always means something when they get together. Cubs, Cardinals is no different. One of the all-time greats. Yeah, that, that sport still does have some of those generational rivalries that it feels like, frankly, have kind of fallen by the wayside uh, in some of the other major sports. Let's spin the wheel. Scott, Scott is in Florida. Scott, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for having me. No, I was just going to add on to that MLB thing. I was uh, initially going to say Yankees-Mets, but, you know, the more I think about it, Yankees-Red uh, Sox, you know, that kind of history, you know, 100-plus year history, kind of that nostalgia kind of uh, thing going, I think that, you know, speaks, uh, speaks a lot for, you know, that competition head-to-head. You know, it's one of those storied rivalries, Joe, but you said it earlier in the show, I believe, where you said that you feel like Yanks-Red Sox has kind of lost a little bit of its luster here of late. It feels like we see too much of it. They play so often, and I know all teams within the division play the same amount of games per year. It just feels like we see so much of it. We got to get it in the playoffs. That rivalry is so elite, it has to happen in the playoffs, or it has to happen in like late September with a playoff spot on the line. When we see it in, in, in May, okay, it's one thing. But when you put those two together in October, it's as good as it gets with those fan bases. Let's spin the wheel. Mordecai. Mordecai's in North Carolina. Mordecai, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, hey, folks. Uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a tricky one. Um but I, I have to go with the uh, Astros-Yankees. You know, I can't throw out a bunch of stats or anything for it, but, but it just seems whenever they play, they just seem like they don't like one another. And, and, it, they, and they, they, they always seem to be playing for something that's meaningful. You know, it just, I just get the feeling that they just don't like one another. Hey, can we get another, another two hours out of your show? How about four hours for you? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm with you, Mordecai. Although, it, we'll have to, you know, maybe like for, you know, double the salary or something there. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, there, there'd have to be some talks there. Um, I will say this. I would love to make the case for Astros Yankees, but the same team always wins. The same team always That's wins that problem. rivalry. That's the problem with rivalry. that rivalry. It's the problem with the rivalry. It can't be lopsided. It, it is true that they seem to genuinely not like each other, but it can't be lopsided for a true rivalry to exist. As much as we want these rivalries to exist, I think what we've learned here tonight, Joe, is that Major League Baseball still has the best rivalries. They still have rivalries outside of college sports. College sports dominate then it goes to baseball. Right, but on the professional level, it feels like it's baseball because I don't think we got, and I, and I appreciate your phone calls if I didn't get to your phone call. Call again Monday. We will try Great to get to your tonight. calls. We always take calls in this segment. Great calls tonight. I appreciate all of the uh, all of everybody chiming in, but we didn't get any calls on NFL. We didn't get any calls on, on NBA. I mean, all the rivalries are in the MLB. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, there are rivals. They're coming up next. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.